Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, Israel says it is planning to extend its Gaza operation to the southernmost city of Rafah on the border with Egypt. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is on his fifth visit to the Middle East since Israel's offensive in Gaza started in October. He first stopped in Saudi Arabia. And forest fires in Chile have killed over 120 people so far and razed entire neighborhoods. Starting in the Middle East. Israel is continuing its military offensive in Gaza and now says it's planning to extend the operation to the southernmost city of Rafah on the border with Egypt. The Israeli army has already driven more than a million Gaza residents into the area. Many are warning of the dire consequences for people living there. Akram al-Satari has more. As a matter of fact, some of the Palestinians who are already internally displaced people in Rafah area, who originally came from Gaza central area and from Khan Yunis area, are coming back or returning to whatever was left from their homes. There was some reports that the Palestinians are returning to Deir el-Balah area. Some of them are returning to Khan Yunis area, which is still announced as a battlefield. But they are coming back to Khan Yunis. In Rafah, there were some attacks. Those attacks are indicative of something that is looming. A ground operation that is starting small, with an objective of just continuing in Rafah and finding whatever was stated as a target by the Israeli uh, occupation uh, army. The Palestinians have been witnessing and have been waiting for this ground operation, and they believe it is already imminent. After destroying the borderline, the Palestinians would be crossing towards the Sinai, and by that, Israel would have achieved one of the strategic objectives that were uh, that were already uh, stated by some. Of their even cabinet members when they were saying that there is no place that is safe for the people of Gaza except for Sinai, and that Egypt should be shouldering the responsibility of looking after the Palestinians. And from that particular area, the Palestinians should be moving towards other countries, be them countries of Europe or United States or even some African countries. That has been stated and that has been circulated, and the people have been expecting. That was Akram El Satari reporting. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is on his fifth visit. To the Middle East since Israel's offensive in Gaza started in October, he has wrapped the first leg of his trip in Saudi Arabia, where he met Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. The tour is seen as part of Washington's efforts to advance a potential hostage-prisoner exchange deal between Hamas and Israel and a possible humanitarian pause. Sarah Coates has more in Tel Aviv. According to the U.S. State Department, the pair discussed coordination to achieve an enduring end to the crisis in Gaza, and also the building of a more integrated region. The United States would see this as a way to further isolate Iran and its proxies in the region, and to provide Israel with greater security. But look, Saudi has been saying that it will not normalize ties with Israel unless. Israel agrees to a path forward to a Palestinian state after this war, and that is certainly something that Israel has been firmly against. Blinken will travel to Cairo. He'll then go to Doha and then land here in Israel on Wednesday. And look, one of these other big、uh, topics that he's set to discuss, according to the White House, is of course more aid into the Gaza Strip. But of course, in order to do this, there needs to be、uh, a significant. 
pause in fighting. And this is something that Blinken is certainly hoping that he can convince Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, to agree to, believing that if there is a significant pause in fighting, then this could lead to a ceasefire. Look, this is also something that the Prime Minister is firmly against, and it is something that he's really being pressured with by the far-right flank of his coalition. They are threatening to pull out of the government if Netanyahu makes a reckless deal, which could see a ceasefire imposed in the Strip, and also uh, this would be for the return of hostages in exchange for thousands of Palestinian prisoners. So certainly a, a tough trip for the US Secretary of State. Now, it's Sarah Coates on U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's latest visit to the Middle East. People in Turkey have been commemorating the one-year anniversary of the magnitude 7.8 quake that struck the southeast of the country. The quake killed over 53,000 people, leaving hundreds of thousands homeless. One year on, housing remains a pressing concern for thousands in the region. Survivors are still enduring life in tents and low-cost container homes. The government has pledged to provide 75,000 houses within the next two months and aims for a total of 200,000 by year's end. Mahal Badvid spoke to a family in Hate who continue to grapple with the trauma. Adile Öksüz was fortunate to be awake when the earthquake struck Hatay a year ago. Had she and her family stepped outside just moments later, they might have ended up under the rubble. Adile vividly remembers the harrowing moments when the earth trembled beneath them. We came out barefoot. My son went out before me. I couldn't walk much. It felt like something lifted from under our feet. The ground moved, it dropped us, and that's how I fell, like this. After finding temporary refuge in a tent, the Öksus family decided to move to their woodshed near a small field. Together they gather fruit to sell at the local market in town. My husband leaves for the village early. If my husband doesn't work, we would go hungry here. He goes to the market, buys and sells goods, and I also go to help him. I walk there, it's a 15 to 20 minute walk, and my feet hurt. Besides, I have diabetes. It's been a year, and while some of the debris at their former home's location has been cleared, not all has been removed. What they hoped would be a temporary solution hasn't changed in a year. Their struggle for survival continues, with inadequate heating during winter. But even as the Oxus family waits for more support, here in Hatay, where shelter remains an issue, with thousands still waiting for the government to build safe housing, they say they are thankful to be alive. That was Mahal Badvid on the Turkish family still reeling from the aftermath of the powerful earthquake one year ago. In North America, the U.S. Senate is pushing forward with a bipartisan proposal to clamp down on illegal border crossings. The Senate will vote Wednesday on a proposed $118 billion deal, which includes $60 billion to Ukraine and $14 billion to Israel. However, the Senate bill faces a likely defeat in Congress that could leave Washington with no clear path to approve wartime aid for Ukraine. Nathan King has details. 
Well, this has been hard work in the U.S. Senate, but the text was released on Sunday and we're getting reaction Monday here in the U.S. Essentially, what this is, is a compromise between Democrats and Republicans. A $118 billion bill, which on the one hand provides the much-needed aid that the Biden administration says is due Ukraine, Israel, but also addressing Republican demands about the security on the southern border with Mexico. It is a huge hot-button issue in the United States. Tens of thousands uh, a day of what are called undocumented or illegal immigrants have been coming in, and this bill would basically close down the border if that number reached five thousand. It provides extra money for processing asylum seekers, etc., etc. This is not something the Democrats would normally agree to, and you would think the Republicans would accept it. But we are in an election year. So Donald Trump, the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, has said, hey, let's not be quick to agree to this bill in the House or the Senate because we would be deprived of an election issue. Meanwhile, we have the president, Joe Biden, saying he's tough on the border and willing to shut it down, such as the difference in Washington politics. Also wrapped up in this is, of course, let me read you out the numbers, $62 billion in support to Ukraine. Now, in some parts of the Republican Party, very small, they don't want this aid going to Ukraine, while the southern border, their border, they say, not the border with Russia and Ukraine, is porous. There's also $14 billion in it for Israel's war with Hamas. The thing is, the House has basically said this bill coming from the Senate is dead on arrival. They said they're willing to pass Israel aid at $17 billion on its own, but leave everything else out. The big test will be on Wednesday when the Democrats hold a vote in the Senate. They need 60 to move it through, and with a divided Washington, it's not guaranteed. Nathan Kane on the U.S. Senate bill addressing illegal border crossings. Still in the U.S., heavy winds and strong rain driven by a meteorological phenomenon called atmospheric river are pummeling California. In the state's north, the storms downed trees caused flooding and cut off power. The south is bracing for these storms until Wednesday. Mark Neal reports from Redwood City, California. I'm here in Northern California in Redwood City, which is part of Silicon Valley. You can get a sense of the power of the winds that people were facing over the past few days. Rare hurricane force winds hitting 70 miles per hour or 110 kilometers per hour. And uh, road conditions were horrendous. Southern California hit extra hard uh, with two storms hitting the area pretty much in consecutive days. Uh, Both of those storms classified as atmospheric rivers. The Weather Service also warning of mudslides, particularly in Southern California, in the areas of Beverly Hills, and also uh, Malibu, Santa Monica Mountains, also facing that same threat in some of those areas, particularly Malibu. The perilous road conditions have actually forced the closure of schools. In Northern California, we're expecting better weather, some scattered showers maybe on Wednesday, but pretty much out of the clear, uh, at least for a week. Southern California, not the case, though. Uh, the, the pressure, the, the weather pressure system here is expected to head down south and hit that area for yet another powerful storm. Uh, that is expected to hit Tuesday and Wednesday. So Southern California still not out of the clear. That was Mark New reporting in California. In South America, 
Forest fires in Chile have killed over 120 people so far and razed entire neighborhoods. President Gabriel Boric says the country faces a tragedy of great magnitude. Chile is observing two days of national mourning, with the search continuing for the missing. The infernos have caused devastation in multiple regions, including Valparaiso, which is home to more than one million people. Shavon McCall has details. Firefighters are struggling to contain the intensifying blazes, with hundreds still raging across the country. The fires gathered momentum late last week. Several coastal cities, popular with tourists, choked with smoke. Officials say it's Chile's deadliest forest fire on record, and the president has declared a state of emergency. Entire neighborhoods have been left destroyed. Houses and possessions scorched. This was my kitchen. I had my washing machine there too. This was the bathroom. This is where the shower would have been, the toilet. Here was the bedroom. There another bedroom. This was my living room, dining room. This botanical garden in Viña del Mar was one of the main attractions in the city. It was destroyed in the blaze. Four people killed as flames swept through. The fire was too fast. We never thought it would reach the botanical garden, and it would devastate this whole area in such a catastrophic way because it was hell. I heard about it and I ran and ran. I got all the way down here, and you couldn't go down because it was a thousand degrees. I could not go down. I want to save them, but I couldn't. Blazes have spread as Chile battles a summer heat wave. An El Nino climate pattern has caused high temperatures and triggered forest fires in several Latin American countries. But officials also fear the fires could have been started deliberately. It's hard to think there are such horrible and heartless people who could be able to inflict so much pain. But if these people exist, we will search for them. We will find them, and they will have to face not only the entire society's rejection, but also the law. It's Chile's worst disaster since an earthquake killed more than 500 people in 2010, and with hundreds of People still missing. Rescuers fear the death toll will rise further as they reach the most heavily affected areas. That was Shavan McCall on the wildfires in Chile. Turning to China, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met his Norwegian counterpart Espen Badaide in Beijing. They both vowed to safeguard multilateralism and free trade. Ida is the first European foreign minister to visit China in 2024. The year also marks the 70th anniversary diplomatic ties between China and Norway. Dong Xue has the details. China and Norway have agreed to deepen cooperation in various fields as this year marks the 70th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties. Both sides reached the agreement while Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi met with his Norwegian counterpart Espen Barth Eide in Beijing. Wang Yi told Eide it was a reflection of the high significance that Norway placed on bilateral relations by him becoming the first foreign minister from a European country to visit China in 2024. Despite the differences of their political models, one said China and Norway should continue open communications and to promote pragmatic cooperation to contribute more certainty and stability to the world. Foreign Minister Ida said the relations between China and Norway were mature, and 70 years of diplomatic relations are very important for Norway. And he's looking forward to many opportunities to celebrate that now and throughout this year. 
He said Norway firmly supports the One China policy and hopes to push forward for greater development of bilateral ties. It also said that Norway is all for opening markets and willing to collaborate with China in the face of international challenges. Foreign Minister Ed has also raised the issues of climate change and the situation in the Middle East. He emphasized that the 70 years of diplomatic relations are important for Norway, and he hoped to continue to improve the bilateral ties. That was Zhong Xue on the meeting between the Chinese and Norwegian foreign ministers. Recapping today's headlines, Israel says it is planning to extend its Gaza operation to the southernmost city of Rafa on the border with Egypt. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has wrapped up his visit to Saudi Arabia in his fifth visit to the Middle East since Israel's offensive in Gaza started in October. And forest fires in Chile have killed over 120 people so far and raised entire neighborhoods. The country's president called the fires a tragedy of great magnitude. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tianlu. Thank you for listening.